Hello, welcome to the Midlife Pilot Podcast, episode 35, and it's a podcast all about buying in midlife. And uh, this is not our normal format. Uh, things have been a little crazy here at this live recording tonight of the show, but we're de- bound and determined to make it happen, and we've brought in our whole community of friends to help us pull this thing off. So um, we're glad uh, glad that you're that you're here and listening. My name's Chris Moran. I'm known as a Midlife Pilot on YouTube. Um, I use the term pilot loosely these days as I've not really been flying very much, but um, someone who has been flying a lot is my um, Southern Command co-host, um, deep from the heart of Music Row uh, in Nashville, uh, private pilot, new airplane owner, um, tailwheel lesson number one coming up in five days. It's Brian Siskin. Hello. How's it going? Well, we're here. We're here. I mean, okay, so, you know, Let's just talk about first and foremost the the joys of plane ownership. I now I want to actually I'm I'm going to ask you this right away, Chris. I feel like there's almost a correlation between the more planes you've been involved with or had access to, kind of like I don't know the less that you've been flying. Why is that? It has felt that way. Oh, you know, life and got so many things my uh youngest child is graduating high school next week and uh, yeah it is crazy and work and all of the other things which we will actually talk about some of those tonight in this episode when we get into the stuff about other things in aviation that aren't flying that have yeah ways to get involved because i mean i think that you know this a little bit ties into uh we did do an episode a while back that was um sort of uh, uh you know you've got your license now what kind of thing and um i'm sorry certificate and um and you know i think there's there's a lot to that there's a lot of different ways it can go everybody's in a unique situation but i think that um both of us are at least a little bit further down the line from that kind of freshly minted we're sort of we're newly minted but not freshly minted and, you know, I think that we've kind of been finding different paths and different avenues. And as you get more involved in flying after your certificate, you naturally start to fall into different uh, sort of communities or think, hopefully you do. And um, if anything, this is one for sure. And, uh, you know, it can really amount to a lot of things that maybe you didn't foresee. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we've been doing uh, and then, you know, some things that, uh, other people have done uh, that are outside of aviation or not outside of aviation, outside of the immediacy of your own sort of flying and your own flying pursuit. And I think that that's a, a really interesting phase when it just starts to open up and become more cooperative and community-based potentially, uh, hopefully, uh, and, and all that. So, um, so yeah, you know, and I think that you're probably a, an incredible example of that in the sense that um, you... The idea, you know, we, and we've talked about your club and the things that you've been doing, but um, and we'll get into all that. But I just think that you have an incredibly rich life in aviation, even with no uh, recent flying. You know, it, you don't feel disconnected from it. So we'll get into that uh, first, though. Um, we're going to do this thing called housekeeping. You know, do you think that we should get more professional and produced? You know, because listen, there's other sound, there's other uh, podcasts that you leverage soundboards and sound effects. I've got all this stuff. I mean, we could do, we could do anything. We could. Want- <laughs> uh, 
We could, but I think what is somewhat intriguing to me about the way we've done it is just how it has kind of been yeah, uh, completely natural and uh, conversational and not really that structured. I like a good structure. Believe me, I've spent a lot of time, much like you, I mean, I've produced, I mean, I do this a lot, like for real, for like paying gigs. I mean, like live television and sporting events and production. I mean, I'm, I, I appreciate a good production. Uh, about as much as anyone but this has been a nice escape from having to do that to do that one more time for one more thing um all the time so uh, i think i'm i'm good with it yeah likewise i mean we spend most of our working lives otherwise making things presentable and nice or whatever so let's not do that um but i will say that um one of the things that we haven't done enough of we started to do again last episode is read some reviews because I want people to realize that we see them, um, or at least I do. <laughs> uh, they, they come to me. And, um, you know, it's nice to be reminded that we're not just uh, talking, to the, talking into the wind. Um, there's actually, there's been a massive uptick in our podcast lately, and I'm not really sure what it is. I think it's actually because we have more and more episodes, and so when people get in, now they're starting to kind of go back through, and it becomes this kind of compounding thing. Um, So I guess we have to start being more accountable for what we're actually saying. Um, But I'll just read. uh, Here's a really good one. Um, Chris Goodwin, Pensacola, uh, says, great show. Hey, y'all. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Hey, y'all. I'm Chris. for me. Hey, y'all. I'm Chris from Pensacola. I love y'all's show. I'm actually in the beginning stages of PPL training, and I really enjoy listening, and y'all really help me keep... Y'all really keep me motivated. As much as I'm Southern and of the South, it's actually kind of hard for me to say y'all. I don't know why. Um, y'all keep me motivated. And so, I mean, that's, that's awesome. If we can be the slightest bit of motivation for anybody for anything great uh even if it's a motivation to stop listening to podcasts fair that's awesome Uh, it really is and then um here's a simpler one uh the cowboy perspective love the show keep up the great content okay so that's nice and that's nice and succinct um the last one i want to read that's really cool is uh HP Cowboss, relevant, helpful, and reassuring. Uh, 47 years old and working on my private pilot certificate. I live in very rural America. This podcast is like having a couple buddies that you can listen to uh, that's been there and done that. So, <laughs> I mean, we've only been there and done that as much as, you know, we have. Uh, I don't think we ever, we should not be any source of information for people, but maybe just topics of conversation. <laughs> I mean, Chris, are you a CFI? Am I what? Are you a CFI? No. No. Oh, man. But I will be before I retire, Lord willing. I can't wait. Does that, so I could come up there and you could do my flight review or just whatever. Like, that would be... Can you hurry up and do that? Yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> not really. I'm not working on it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so... In terms of uh, the only other housekeeping thing would be just to go press buttons and do the stuff and say things and whatever. So anyway, enough of that. Um, so we were talking about uh, 
things outside of or things beyond in aviation that you can kind of do, uh, ways to get involved. You know, I think that presupposes you know community, and I think that for a lot of people, at least you know, you know, for for me, training was a very solitary experience, and then it's been sort of me moving out into the the community. But um, but what's what's been your how how do you feel like if you had to explain to somebody who's training right now, uh, or somebody that's maybe a, a newer pilot. Um, that's looking to get into involved or it doesn't have to be purposeful. It can be anything, but what would you, what would you say to them? I think, I think it's funny to have met so many people that have done this now. Um, I think everybody's experience is so uniquely different. Like it depends on so many factors, like the airport that you train at, are you know, are you in a school or are you part 61 just with some, uh, freelance instructor? Like my training was fairly solitary. I mean, it was kind of like me and the guy I took lessons from Tyler um, was who I knew kind of for the bulk of my training as far as aviation is concerned. But I'm in a little bit of a different place because it was all part 61 and it was at this little airport in Fairmont, this uncontrolled field. And you meet people at these smaller airports because you just kind of, you drive back down past your hangars and you spend some time in other people's hangars. You just meet kind of people as you go. And then I had some unique opportunities to fairly quickly, as I got my private pilot certificate, was um, trying to start a flying club. I mean, that's not an opportunity that everybody's going to have. I'm going to talk more about flying clubs later because I have some significant ideas about that. Um, But I also had the unique opportunity to join the airport authority board here that runs this airport. And then shortly thereafter, the beginning of this year, um, was appointed president of the airport authority. So there's a lot of things. So like I get to kind of be behind the scenes of like I I filed my first couple notums in the last few weeks, you know, about airport things. So like Uh that process now, like I can actually like create and kill notums for our airport and um um, but, but I think it, I, th- I do think everybody's journey is unique. Like I, I know other people who've taken like people that have joined our club and are getting instruction in our club, their experiences is, is wholly different than how mine was. Cause now you're surrounded by like the 35 other members of this club and you're coming to club social events and you've already met all these people who are doing the same kind of thing. And I think there's a ton of richness in that. And they get some other experiences too, that quite frankly, you don't get a lot of times in training. Like so many of these students have been around for like um, oil changes that we do as a group. You know, a handful of us will come up and do routine maintenance on the airplane. So they're like getting to be part of that experience from the beginning. I mean, while they're learning to fly, I've met some people who are in, who are CF double eyes who have never put their own fuel in their airplane, like are doing that for the first time. You know after they're already double eyes and it's like i don't know how you make it that far you know and have never experienced those things so i do think it's pretty dependent on your circumstance kind of where you're training you know so did you say you were president now of the airport authority yeah um are you going to start doing sort of uh like propagandistic type stuff like make a compass rose that's in your likeness or you know uh no is it going to go to your head let me tell you, um, the t- it's it's a it's an interesting role, and I'm really lucky to have people on this board who have been on the airport authority for 30 years. You know, who really know the the ropes of how you do all the stuff you do with the FAA to get your grant funding for the projects you want to do. Like we're getting ready to do a big resurfacing of all the taxiways that the FAA is paying for. You know, there's but it's it's a paperwork exercise. You know, you 
hire the engineers and you figure out how to do it all and but it's it's cool to learn that stuff but it believe me that the glamour there's no glamour in it it's all very uh paperwork and running meetings and um like i had a phone call last night from our local eaa chapter they're getting ready to do one of their annual fly-in events where they do the um what do they call the flights for kids they do all of the youth like the free flights yeah uh, yes young eagles they got a young eagles event coming up so they were calling to check in and make sure you know the airport typically helps them with fuel you know for their events and whatever so we were kind of setting up logistics for their fly-in and cool stuff like that you know that's that's a part i mean that's that's one of the big factors of my like non-flying aviation involvement is just kind of like managing the airport have you have you done a young eagles flight i have not yeah, there's there's some of those that are happening soon. They, one way that people I know can get involved, I haven't done this, but I just know that even if you're not flying, they need people at those events for, um, you know, it's all briefed out and everything, but they need people that are kind of, uh, I guess, kind of these sort of um, guides, you know, people that will sort of take people to and from. And, you know, there's a lot of volunteer opportunities within even just that. And I think that even just kind of zooming out there, there's just a lot of events where there are volunteer possibilities that, you know, you can check your local airport for, I think that for some, and maybe this is a weird theory. Um, I think there's a lot of pilots that are midlife pilots that are maybe a little introverted or, uh, you know, social club feels, uh, I don't know, like a bit much. And, um, maybe, uh, you know, finding ways to sort of contribute or help in a softer way without it being like, join your local, whatever and then now you have to deal with 75 people you don't know i don't know there may be some some considerations to think of like that but i think that there's a lot of midlife people that don't have a lot, either a lot of time because it's not their principal pursuit um or at least we pretend like it's not and then um yeah I don't know. so there's something to, to that so so i guess we can kind of set aside that for a second and we'll come back to it but basically you've got uh, being involved in your airport operations or uh, running for president against Chris, calling him out on all the things he didn't accomplish last year that he said he was going to do, and he didn't do it. Get it, get your Ross Perot boards out and pointers, and God, that was what a yep. fun time that was. Okay, yeah. so oh yeah, <laughs> so uh, so anyway, um, so there's all that, but then you know, I think. Also, I think that there's, it's kind of a mixture also of, uh, you know, involving yourself can be asserting yourself from the point of view of just creating content, you know, or engaging with people that way, you know, and I have, I mean, really all of this is a consequence of of both of us doing that. We wouldn't be here. It becomes the genesis for a lot of, of things. So if you're a content creating person or you uh, aim to be, and by the way, this for all those that are new to this uh, Discord alternative realm that we're in for the podcast, this episode, uh, there's a lot of resources and communication and talk about filmmaking and and creating. And you know, it's been amazing to see in the community that we have here how many people have not been lifelong creatives or even remotely creative, maybe in in, in their endeavors, and have been really stepping into. Uh, aviation as a vehicle to to create things and you know people want to record their flights but then what do you do with it and why am I doing it and for how long do I do it you know I think that creating 
or even if it's just photography or even if it's just sharing what your experiences are in any kind of simple way, it doesn't have to be some big production, you know, but I think that that's a huge way to, to extend your involvement uh, in aviation and connect yourself to other people and enhance your experience. And, and this is a hundred percent living proof of, of that. And I, I can't even express how amazing it's been to have, and there's no word I hate more than synergy or synergistic, but I, right. I don't, is there a better word? I don't no, know. That's about it. It's that's what it is. The word. Oh, I hate this word so much. I'm just, yeah. So anyway, that is happening in real time. It's happening right now and everything's sort of amplified and uh, you can get answers to things a lot quicker if you just get involved into communities and, and you can check yourself. And when you're doing something and you just need some trustworthy people to look over your work or your plan or whatever it is, helping you study all the things, you know, just getting involved in any kind of a digital or online community and creating content are definitely vehicles uh, for that. And you don't have to be, I feel like a lot of people feel that unless I'm doing something like here I am flying over the Grand Canyon or here's my uh, Manhattan, you know, Hudson River corridor flight or I, who cares? Like, if you're doing this, it's amazing. And everybody's got their own experience and something unique to, to offer. So I would, I would say that those are a thing. And then uh, um, I don't know, Chris, I mean, I know that you've created a lot of content. Uh, you're the reason that we are here right now because you created all that content. Um, hopefully that's not backfiring for you. No, no, no. I, I, I love, honestly, I, I haven't flown, been flying nearly as much and I haven't been making content nearly as much, but I definitely am still, I'm loving the evolution of what this has kind of become. Like the, the communities that we, that we've kind of been able to surround ourselves with have been awesome. I mean, the virtual, this virtual community that we've got is far exceeds any, uh, thing I could ever have imagined it had become. But I also wanted to say that like, I haven't had a lot of time and sometimes the time or the money to like fly as much as I want to. Um, it doesn't mean I haven't been at the airport though. Like I think there's value. Like I may not, I may not have time to come up and like get all my cameras out and pre-flight the plane and go for a flight and come back and refuel it and put it away and get all the cameras out and blah, 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 blah. But like, um, if I, if I have a half hour, an hour that can pop up to the airport, um, I'll do that and check on the planes and just be around and see some of the other club members who are flying or some random neighbor of a hangar who's working on his plane and or make friends with the mechanic at your field and spend some time hanging out in the maintenance shop. You've got an hour for lunch just to come up and be around. Like I just love the whole atmosphere of it. And um, honestly, I think I've learned a ton. I've just learned so much just by being a hanger rat, you know, just hanging yeah. around and just be people always say they come up here and say, you're up here again. You know, are you flying today? I said, no, not flying. I'm just here to see what's going on and say hi to everybody and, uh, hear your stories of your flight today. And like, what did you guys do? And how was that? And you know, it's, uh, and I think speaking of being introverted a little bit and like, it is hard to like at this stage of life to make new friends, like that's just hard and to get out and meet people. But the nice thing about something that we're also passionate about, like aviation, is that um, you have a real easy jumping off point of what to talk about. I mean, you don't really have to worry about having like, you're going to meet somebody and have nothing to talk about. I mean, we all have the same thing to talk about. Uh, you can just mutter airplane. Right. And then that'll set off an hour <laughs> conversation. So like, I, I do think there's value in meeting others. Um, and I think a club, you know, I wanted to say this about flying clubs. I've been thinking about this a lot today. 
we we don't have anybody that uses it in our club, but a lot of flying clubs, like even for those of you who like own your own airplanes and like you don't have a real value of uh, joining a club for the flying part, a lot of clubs, including ours, have a social tier membership, like where you can join the club as a social member, um, greatly reduced dues, and basically you just get to be part of this community and come and do the social events and like be around and like have a network of people to talk to and um, join up socially. So like, even if you have your own plane, you're not going to fly these clubs planes. It's a great vehicle to meet other pilots and, you know, have some friends in your local community um, in aviation to to meet up with. Yeah. I'm I'm really envious that you get to have that environment because I'm sort of split between two airports and it's just not the same, you know, um, I don't, I don't get to, if I, if, if I lived where my airplane actually resides, then I think I would get a little bit more of that. But even then, like, uh, that, the hangar, the hangars where my plane is are on the opposite side of the entire property of the airport. Um, isolated, uh, you have to taxi down a runway to get, to the FBO and one of those kind of deals. And so you just, you're just even just, you, it takes 10 minutes to drive around to, the, to go to the FBO. So I don't really have that sort of just, you know, mosey up to the small airport. And everybody's just, yeah. You got to come up to Fairmont and visit like th- this is like the kind of deal where like we go through the side gates, you know, to get in and we drive our car literally across, across the taxiways and down the taxiway to our hangars. And then we're back here in this. You can't see it from here, but we're back in this corner where all three of our airplane hangars are together. We have this huge area of grass where everybody can just kind of park. And we just I mean, we have like cookouts and get togethers back here. We just open up all three hangars. There is just like like camp chairs all over the taxiway out here between the hangars and there's we got a big grill the club has a huge i mean we'll just have these big gatherings where we'll have 30 or 40 people um families you know it's not just the pilots it's the families and everybody just hanging out and it's it's great we do that three or four times a year and it's it's just a great great atmosphere well just when i thought i was remotely connected to the aviation community and now i feel sad and dejected because i don't have anything close to that Uh, Uh, that's the benefit that's the benefit i mean there's there are benefits of operating in a small town uncontrolled airport like this it's just basically you kind of have the run of it and um it's easy in and out it's um there's no rules you know like it's you know it's i mean there are rules you know what i'm saying you basically have the run of it and um it's uh it's been it's been so great to watch that grow too that's keep your bonfire away from uh, the mogas Exactly. I'm not flying a ton, but the other stuff is uh, it is as rewarding, I think, for me as the as the flying is. Yeah, you know, and I think I think also what I've been sort of uh, migrating toward is I don't know. And there's several people in here that I can that I know enough right now to say, you know, I've heard a lot of different things about people's motivations for for flying. Um, Adam, you know. Uh, said very you know sort of fun, i guess it was the what do you call it like the the sunk cost fallacy of you know if i get a license then i'll i'll have to use it kind of thing and you know i thought that was actually kind of profound it's like i'm just going to assert myself to do this thing and then i got to maintain it so then i'm doing it and that's enough you know there's a lot of other things going on in life you know i think a lot of midlife people are perhaps in that scenario and you kind of go through the phases you know of your training and in and out of this and that and the other, but then you get to the point where you're getting out there, you know, you've always got like the next thing, but then you kind of do that. And then you're like, what's the next thing? I feel like it's been so 
um, self-reflective and such a sort of, I don't know, humanistic pursuit for me that um, it doesn't mean it's not going to continue to be that, but I feel like uh, I'm interested more now in any kind of functionality that I can get out of it. That's not just taking family vacations, um, but more like um, what can I do with it to help? or, um, you know, give back or things like that. And so one of the things that I've been involved with in the, in the near term, and everybody that's in here is probably aware of this, but we'll just treat it like nobody's heard of it because the larger audio podcast doesn't know uh, if you're not in the Discord, the top secret Discord. Um, but so I've been involved with an organization called the Freedom Aviation Network, and you, you can go to their website, Freedom Aviation freedomaviationnetwork.org and they can explain it better than I can but essentially what it is is um, think of it as, as like angel flights for people that are being human trafficked so instead of taking medical patients or people that are needing treatment in those ways it is getting people that are being trafficked away from their scenario so that they can get free of that and, and get what they need and uh, you know I did create a you know, a little bit of, I did a little bit of video work for them. Uh, and then they just had a huge event uh, here at the Smyrna airport. And it was amazing. Um, the, to hear firsthand the conviction of the people that are, you know, that are doing this and why they're doing it and seeing the board there. And then also some of the other sort of uh, correlated volunteers for various kind of organizations that are part of the chain of getting all this done uh, to get people out of these situations. Um, uh, it's, it's probably the most fun I've had with a lot of people crying. Uh, it was, uh, it was really emotional. It was really interesting to see how, uh, just deeply concerned people were and how it feels like a drop in the bucket, but you got to do something. So, uh, anyway, there's, they're getting a lot of momentum really quickly and you can volunteer there, freedomaviationnetwork.org. And I'd like to maybe have, uh, one of them on here at some point to more so articulate uh, what they're doing and how they're doing it. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit new, so they're still getting their sea legs, I think, for a lot of the things, but they've, they need pilots all over the country. Um, and then once they get a certain amount of pilots in an area, then they can start servicing that area. Um, so if you're looking for something to do with your flying that is uh, a little bit new and a little bit different and definitely needed and definitely cause oriented Then I would recommend uh, looking up freedom aviation network.org. So that's been a really cool thing because I don't know, being at the event and you see, you know, it's like I've been around enough to see different people from different flight schools and different, you know, there's all these different entities and levels of operations and people and flying for different reasons to see something like that come together where you see the, the organized aspects of the aviation and the local community coming to support it. And then EAA and then, you know, freelancers and I don't know, just all these different people. It, it's a, it's an interesting thing to see all this coming together um, in a way that is a cause that is bigger than, you know, our, Oh, you're not, you're not ATP. So I've got nothing to talk to you about or, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, so it's been really cool. Um, so I would definitely recommend if you're looking for a thing, this applies to anybody in, in the United States. This is something that everybody can do to help. That's awesome. Um, if you're listening to um, 
if you're listening to this audio podcast, it's a little different format. We had to abandon our normal uh, platform tonight, so we ran just to come into Discord. I think, Brian, don't you think, I think if anybody else that's in the Discord live recording has anything to talk yeah. about involved with aviation. Let's take advantage of the peanut gallery. Yeah, you guys, um, if you want to do, if you have something you want to add, uh, flip, your your hand in the chat. flip your camera on, unmute yourself or something, and, um, you know, feel free to share it here. Um it's a good good opportunity to talk about ways to be involved. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that I, I'm not thinking about that is out there. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe this will become something we do from now on. Oh, look, there's the sage. Say, sage is here. We need, like, we need sound effects. Please, no, no sound effects. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to bring up an extra point. You had mentioned Angel Flight. And you told you mentioned that I, I volunteered for a lot. When you do that, and I imagine it's going to be the same when you do for the Freedom Aviation Network or for any charitable pilots and Pauls even, um, th that, that there's a huge feeling of gratitude after you complete a, a mission. And the gratitude that's shown you by the patients, it's, um, it's, 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 you, there's, I, there's no other feeling like it really. It's, it's, I tell them, I tell all the patients, I get more out of the flight than they do uh, with that. And, you know, some great things happened. I got to, uh, got an invite to fly on an L-39 because I volunteered for a mission. So, I mean, that wouldn't have never happened. So, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there that it's, it's amazing how much you get back when you give your time for something like that. So what you're saying is, Anytime you volunteer for angel flights, you get a you get a complimentary L thirty nine experience. Is that what you're saying? I am not saying that, but you heard it from Brian Siskin. So if you don't get your L thirty nine, see him. He's already figured uh, out his email address. So I think that's so <laughs> cool, man. And you're 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 such a mensch. You're such a, a a solid person. And so to hear, it's clear you're resonating with that that gratitude and just to experience the full circle nature of working so hard to fly. I mean. It's great when you're starting and you're like, I, I was able to take my family up or, you know, share with them my accomplishment, but it's, it's all kind of self-directed, right? There's a point where going outward with it really means more. Well, it, it also opens the door to other communities. So Chris is talking about his community that he has on his airport and you and I live in pretty busy class deltas and it's just too big. You don't have the space to do what he's able to do. It's, it's like being in a large town and being in a small town. But through this last uh, angel flight, I, I met a guy who is 77 years old and has flown all these crazy airplanes to all these crazy places. And uh, we found out after the fact, um, he's had dinner with Chuck Yeager and Bob Hoover at the same time. And now I'm going to be camping out at his hangar. I, I don't want to go flying. I just want to sit there and talk with him until the wee hours of the morning. It's just, but that's one more person that I've gotten to know through volunteering through something like that. Mm -hmm. It is like, I've had moments where I've met musicians that are idols of mine or, you know, people like that. And I've always learned the most from them about music by talking to them about actually anything but music, talking to them about baseball or anything, right. you know, just being in their presence and just getting a sense of how they conduct themselves, how they think, what you know yeah so that to be close to greatness that's another opportunity right <laughs> yep i'm gonna bow out it looks like josh wants to join hey josh 
Hey, thanks guys for doing this episode. I uh, I feel I feel I feel warm and fuzzies because this is what I suggested on the Discord. So it was all you. This is your topic, man. No, one thing I wanted to mention that has been um, you know really big for me is well, I mean, first of all, online communities like this. So I mean, we're preaching to the choir, obviously, to the folks who are already here uh, in this chat right now. But for folks listening, um, you know, there are other ways to get involved with this community, and uh, this community has been super helpful just one of the one of the pillars of you know my aviation experience right now so uh that's huge the other one is uh, my aircraft type club and you know if you're an aircraft owner certainly and even if you're not if you're just a renter getting involved in the type club for the type of aircraft you fly whether it's a cessna or beechcraft or you know whatever um there is just there are just massive libraries of content online for all of these types of airplanes there are people for decades have been asking questions having them answered uh having events you know meetups uh safety seminars uh and those types of things you know for me it's copa and i've been really active in going to events uh, a couple times a year and it's just been a really big part of my learning and also just getting a chance to meet and talk with other people we're doing something you know really similar to what i'm doing there's also a massive vol- quantity of content in those boxes behind you and uh i know that um i know that you're in the in a, in a stage of life at this moment that nobody enjoys these moments but i also would like to point out that this wonderful community that we've created not one of us has offered to come up and help you move <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i don't think you guys could help anyway but you know i'll bring you know i, I bet i could fit a lot of my stuff in sage's plane I'll say that much for so, sure. Well, good luck with that move. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's, those are really, that's a really good, I, I didn't even think about that. The, the type club, that's a huge, that's a huge, uh, point of connection and symbiosis because it's what you're flying. Um, and you get to be part of the, the Cirrus club, which, you know, it's got its own, its own special flavor. I think I think all the types have have people who are really uh, excited to help out, especially new pilots, you know, who are flying these things. There are people who've been doing this for 30 years, 50 years, you know, who would just love to answer your question about, yeah. oh, my gosh, my pitot tube's doing this weird thing and I don't know what to do. I mean, there are people who jump right in and help. So I, I just I found it really. <laughs> so, you, so, Josh, you jump in when somebody says they got an issue with their pitot tube and you're like, dude, I've been there. I uh, have you considered not turning the peter yeah. heat on with the uh cover on it no cover <laughs> yeah oh, that's <laughs> my particular bugbear there <laughs> no so um one of the things we we were talking about having an episode at some point about just let's just have like a full on here's all the dumbest stuff that we've done maybe i'm jumping the gun on that i'm sorry to out you for for that mistake but it's one of my favorites and thank you for being a good sport all the time uh, that's but, my uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I'm happy to be the whipping boy. So thanks. <laughs> I definitely hey, have a list. I have a list of my own. Okay. We save it. We got, this is good. We're getting into the next episode here. We got, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun one. We should probably do it again like this. Uh, so we can just round Robin people. Um, and, uh, oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention that I think is a really neat thing is, um, as much as organizations and clubs and all that are important, you know, there's a lot of just little one-off opportunities that kind of come about. Uh, one thing that's coming up for me, uh, I just got an email the other day about um, how they want some people that I won't men- mention, uh, an organization 
would like me to film or document um, a World War II veteran um, who has a bucket list item to fly again at 83 years old. And, uh, and we're going to, you know, I guess take him up in a Cirrus or something and, uh, and, and get a, get a vet back in the air. I mean, just those little, you know, cause when I think about aviation and history, it's such a funny window because it seems like it's been so long, but flight is such a new thing. And then you think about the people that were doing this in the, you know, in the forties, you know, and I mean, just imagine if, I don't know. It's just it's somebody, heavy to think about. I talked to somebody today, a member of our flying club, who's working on his, he's building time. He's going to try to go to the airlines and, or have a career as a pilot. He's a fourth generation of his family uh, pilot. And, and his uncle was here. Now he took his uncle up for a flight. Who told me, he said, you know, the, the funny thing, when you mentioned that at this uh, today, when you talk about four generations, you're actually talking about from the origin, basically, because these are 20, yeah. 20 to 30 year generations from like you know birth to you know next generation being born so like his his fourth generation before him was like in the origins of flight and then their family has been doing it forever so we talked about that a little bit tonight that's another one of those random being at the airport talking to a guy kind of you know kind of stories but yeah it is it is crazy isn't it? how short of a time it's really been yeah um i once met a musician from africa who was a 72nd generation player of his instrument. <laughs> yeah, let, that, let that, yeah, think, process that for a minute. I'm also just interested in the, how you actually know, know that, but I'll just take it. I mean, but when you hear him play, um, it's, it's, uh, it's this, he, Humani Diabate, he plays this thing called the Kora, which is this, it's a really neat instrument. Uh, but um, it's like a huge gourd thing with strings, and uh, it's a beautiful, one of the most beautiful and sounding instruments I've ever heard. But anyway, Tumani Diabate, check them out if you can spell it and find it. Uh, but anyway, so um, all right, what else we want to get into here? Uh, anybody else want to jump in and uh, and extend this grievance of a podcast that we're coming up with today? <laughs> I see a lot. I see lots of mute mute icons, but they're there. These guys are on it in the chat tonight. If uh, yeah, there have been links, and and one dog geek just came up with with the spelling uh, of the musician's name. Oh yeah, so they are on it. Yeah, I had a funny experience with um the uh, with Tumana Diabate. I besides this is just a funny story. So when I not aviation related at all, but hey, we're here. Whatever. It's just a funny thing. Like I went back to school for fun in my thirties as an undergrad in New York city. And I'd never, I've been, I'd been doing music my whole life, but I'd never taken a music class of any kind. And I decided just for fun to take a music appreciation class. I don't know why I did this. Anyway, if I go in on the first day, you know, that's a, and, um, and the, the professor's, you know, super smug kind of music educator guy with the, you know, and he's, he's, he's got this whole thing. He's playing this music as everybody walks in. And I don't know, just the whole vibe put me off right away. And I just sat there and I, I'm like, okay, and then uh, he's playing this music, you know, and then finally he turns it off. And he's, he's making it the first moments of class of the whole semester, very dramatic. And he sort of turns it down. He's like, all right, can anybody tell me anything about what was just playing? And I mean, you know, if you, even if it's just something about 
the instrument sounds like this, or, you know, he, he was already just, and I, and the class, you know, classes in the beginning, kind of like this podcast pod that we're in right now where people are like, I'm not going to raise my hand, you know, um, you know, first the initial part of class is so awkward where people just don't want to be the guy that says anything. And he keeps probing the class and asking, you know, he's just, I don't know. I was bothered by him and it kept happening, kept happening. And then eventually I just did the exact jerk move that you could possibly do where I just raised my hand. And I admit this was just not cool at all, but I couldn't take it anymore. I just looked at him and I said, that's what you're playing is Tumani Diabate. He's a 72nd generation core player, core player from Mali or whatever. And, uh, you know, da, da, da. And he just kind of jumped back. He's like, well, how did you, how do you know, you know, how do you know that? And I said, I just played on a record with him. <laughs> Humble brag. Humble brag. And then I, and then I realized that that was just not necessary. And then we got along after that, but that's cool. Yeah. Very good. Um, so now I, this no flying thing, Chris, come on. It's right behind you. Coming to an end. I mean, not tonight, but mm. it's uh, the weather has been so beautiful the last couple of days. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's coming to an end. I'm I'm uh, through the hard part of my annual. Um, granted, we haven't gotten the oil sample back yet, but we're through the hard part of you know what's obviously good or bad or ugly, and um, it's been okay ish for the most part, and. Um, uh, now we're into the autopilot install phase and I'm going to be the, I'm the smallest guy. So I'll be the one that's crawling into the tail to mount that, that bracket. And I'm probably going to dislocate my shoulder. So well, good luck. Yeah. That's going to be a really great learning experience <laughs> of, of like, don't buy a plane unless it already has exactly everything that you're ever going to want because otherwise you're going to have to dislocate your shoulder to install it. This will be much better this way. You look back on this and you're going to say, man, I'm glad I got to do all these things to my airplane. Of course, yeah. And just to see you know, for yourself that there's not corrosion, and, you know, just all these places. But, uh, but yeah, and then, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, wish me luck on my completely pointless tailwheel endeavor. Um, I'm just doing it to be better and really be as good of a stick and rudder type of pilot as I can possibly be. And it's something to do while I cannot fly my own plane. That'll be good. Yeah. Um, so if we don't have any, <laughs> the chat is cracking me up right now. Um, I thank everybody for, for being here and putting up with the weirdness, um, especially from me, but also from technical difficulties. Uh, Chris, what are you here to, apologize for no that's it i i hated the we started off that way tonight but like you said first time in 35 episodes we've had a technical malfunction so i think pretty good pretty good, pretty good, pretty good track, track record. record not bad and i'll have to say like it's been crazy to sort of actually keep track of it this this podcast for whatever reason has been doing really well and you know somebody was telling me the other day i thought you listen to your podcast while i'm jogging i just thought i feel bad because i don't even jog <laughs> Maybe I should be jogging. Like that's, yeah, that was what I got out of that. Um, it was very nice. No, so um, I just appreciate everybody very much. We're just, we're just kind of sending it and improvising. And you guys being along for the ride means means a lot. Um, 
So cool. Um, well, let's just, you know, we don't have our music. We don't have our whole vibe. We're going to have to put it in after. Wait, so the music will come in and the audio podcast right now. Feel the outro vibes. All right. Send us out, Chris. Thanks for plotting with us tonight, Brian. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who joined the impromptu discord chat. It's great to talk to everybody and we'll do it again in two weeks. Will we? Lord willing. <laughs> we'll do our best. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.